0: This is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast. This is VP. We are a solutions-based podcast, diving into the world of contrarian investing and alternative finance. You can find us hosted on the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel, no-nonsenseforex.com, and podcast players everywhere. Episode 139 is brought to us by Bybit. What more can I say? People are going crazy on it right now. The spot market, the trading market, the apex decentralized version of Bybit, all of it is seeing crazy volume right now, and for good reason. One, the market's up and people are getting excited again. Two, Bybit has everything you could possibly want and more. If you go down below, click the link, takes you to the Bybit blog, tells you everything you do need to know. And if you click my affiliate link at the bottom, you'll get a sign-up bonus and access to all the contests, promotions, giveaways, everything Bybit has. And for those of you who are with us right now, you already know they have a lot because with Bybit, membership has its rewards. It is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast, and today I'm going to do something I've never done before. I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I'm going to go to CoinGecko on today, February 17th, 2024, and just go down the top 10 and give my analysis on every crypto there, up until a point to where I feel like we've gone long enough, then we'll just cut it off, and I'll do you know the next 10 or so, whatever it's going to be, you know, next episode or an episode in the future. You know, I'll pretty much go until I feel like I've gone long enough and then just cut it off. Because as I've said before, people ask me for my analysis on certain crypto tokens all the time, but I don't do on-demand analysis for reasons I've said in the past. You'd have to pay for that. So let's just go ahead and analyze a bunch for free. And uh, this if you didn't know, this podcast broadcast to YouTube as well. If you want to go to YouTube, go down to the comments section and add some of your own analysis. Feel free. Now would be a very appropriate time. And before I do so, two things I want to announce since we are talking about crypto right now. The first is a bit of caution. Just be careful. You know, we're going to be talking about altcoins today. A lot of these altcoins aren't making a ton of money yet. All of the things we anticipate them doing in the future, they're not doing right now. So this is all still very speculative. And this landscape is probably going to look a lot different in five years. So just be very careful as always. And this is the anti Moon Boy podcast, even though we are very bullish on the crypto sector. I'd said in the past that blockchain is the future of computing, and so far it's been pretty spot on. And everybody is finally starting to figure this out. So it's a very exciting time. But the market cap on some of these tokens is bigger than companies who have been very successful for 30, 40 years. And the majority of that is pure speculation. So just be aware. It's okay to be excited, but it's okay to be reserved a bit as, as well. And second, I'm going to announce this here. I have decided that on three tokens, and I'm doing this because I have a lot of exposure across the board, and I've already taken a profit on a lot of this, so I could afford to do things this way, but with Bitcoin, Litecoin, and ILV, I will not be taking profit anytime soon, and on the first two, Bitcoin and Litecoin, probably not for a while, like a long while, because I need to see how these stories play out. I need to see if my thesis on both is going to come full circle. Because if this really is the future of money, and Bitcoin and Litecoin are very unique that way, I don't want to give up any of my piece of the pie here. Because unlike some of these other tokens, which are actual companies, these are finite units of money. Bitcoin with 21 million, Litecoin with 84 million. Very unique instruments, unlike anything else. And so because of this, and because I have plenty of other exposure in the altcoin market, this is how I'm choosing to play it. And I've made a point to share all of this with you every chance I get, and so that's what I'm doing. And then with ILV, if you didn't know, uh, you get revenue distribution from the game itself just by being an ILV token holder, but you have to stake it to do that. And I think they have different lockup periods, but I think the, the, the one you really want to be a part of is, is at least a year, which I'm fine with. I want to see what that looks like. I want to try to do the math and see what that would look like. Should the game really fulfill its potential? So I will be hodling that one along with Bitcoin and Litecoin. I have a feeling that some of you out there hodl everything and never take profit. And that's why you end up in bad positions during bear markets. Not the way. Take profit, contrarians. Those of you who see me on Twitter take profit and then the market goes back down and I end up buying more, you know. Just what an elite strategy this is. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into things, starting with Bitcoin. I've talked about Bitcoin a lot in the last few months, to where it's starting to annoy some of my listeners who are strictly precious metals people, Uh, but that's just going to have to be how it is, contrarians. I mean, Bitcoin is the future of money. It's looking more and more so as time goes on. And this whole thing with the ETFs just really, really changed everything. To me, it made the floor go up a lot. And it really kept us on that ascending trajectory going forward. And the whole digital scarcity thing, I mean, I've I've been saying it. I dedicated a whole episode to it. I keep repeating it. The big money is starting to figure this out. And the big money isn't even here yet. And the retail money, the dumb money, isn't even in yet. Plus, you have the whole Bitcoin blockchain now that we didn't have before, and we really don't know how this is going to play out, but I see more upside than possible downside. If for some reason it doesn't take, well, that's not really going to take too much away from Bitcoin itself, because it wasn't originally created to do that. Now, as I said, I think one or two episodes ago, I think two episodes ago, uh, don't forget that Bitcoin fell 70%, mainly based on what FTX did which really doesn't have anything to do with Bitcoin. You know, it can still do things like that. Uh, but apart from that, the only thing I can see really hurting Bitcoin are things that I don't see happening to Bitcoin, like the, the network gets hacked or there's a double spend somewhere. But I think those two things are very, very low probability. And I think it's all systems go going forward, especially long term. Stack, stack, stack. On to Ethereum, Uh, very interesting, actually, a lot of things going on with Ethereum. The first bullish case I can probably see is the Ethereum ETF. We're going to talk about that more on the show as time goes on. Um, A lot of people are saying this is actually something you don't want because as it would be really hard or almost impossible to manipulate the price of Bitcoin through the spot ETF market, a lot of people are saying that's not the case for Ethereum. This is not something you would want in the wrong hands. And I can't really comment on that because I just don't know. I don't know how it would be done. I don't know if you would explain to me how it would be done that I would understand it. But as an investor, it's just something to keep in mind. Now, as a network, you know, nobody's really flocking to Ethereum nowadays because it is an older and slower network. So these large companies, and we're going to have an episode on large company partnerships with some of these tokens because it is extremely exciting and it is more common these days than you think it is. But none of them are really flocking to Ethereum. Now, a lot of times that doesn't matter because for example, if they go to a place like Polygon, which is an Ethereum layer Two, then Ethereum does benefit from that somewhat. And to Ethereum's credit, they are still building, they're moving forward. Eigen layer is coming up, which everybody's really excited about. Again, above my pay grade on that one, I did hear that through the the new developments that are coming through, that they're trying to lower the fees by the end of the year, that would certainly be freaking nice because they see what's going on. You know, through the emergence of these other layer ones and layer twos, this is where people are choosing to go now. And if Ethereum doesn't do something soon, then they're gonna lose even more market share down the road. You know, it's pretty much a legacy brand at this point, but they are building. So what I'm personally doing with Ethereum right now is I'm just holding, I will not be buying anymore. I've already taken profit twice. Uh, keep in mind, I started buying Ethereum back when it was at 280. And my next take profit point is not for quite a while. So I will certainly be rooting for it, as should we all. You know, what's good for Ethereum is good for crypto, I think. But as an investor, I am simply in the sit back and hold phase. And I can see myself being here for quite a while. On to number three, and that is Tether. Probably the most intriguing token we'll be talking about on this episode by far. I mean, what can you say? It is now the most profitable company on earth per number of employees. The market cap is $97 billion, and they have 25 employees. It really is remarkable. And now, well, I mean, we do have somebody coming after them. We'll actually talk about that later on in the show. Spoiler alert. Edit, no, we're not. We didn't make it that far. But they don't have anywhere near the heat they had before. And my opinion is the same as a lot of people's to where... I don't think they were doing things the right way back in 2017, but they figured it out and they're doing the right things now. Because when you are as profitable as Tether is, why on earth, why on earth would you ever need to do anything in a shady and underhanded way? Just do things right and make hand over fist, which is what they are doing. No token has done more for crypto adoption than Tether. And it's not even close. They crush Bitcoin in this one aspect. And it's a wonderful thing too. So many countries and so many people all over the world that really wanted access to the United States dollar, but couldn't get it, now can. It has probably saved lives. And you guys know how it is. Once you get on board with crypto, regardless of how you got there, whether it's a stable coin or Bitcoin or even a meme coin, you know, you know, people generally stick around for other things after that because people generally fear the unknown. When the unknown becomes known, then they no longer fear it. And so that block is no longer there. And then curiosity starts to take over. And I've said this before, I think governments around the world are starting to use this for whatever they're going to use it for. And so that's another reason why I think people are no longer going after it. Now, again, anything could happen. And if Tether goes, like I said before, if Tether goes, we all go. So like I said earlier, everybody should be rooting for Ethereum. Everybody should be rooting heavily, heavily, heavily for the prosperity of Tether. Now, what do we have next? I think I know. Yes, it is BNB. Also very intriguing. I've had my time with BNB. I didn't really make any money off of it. And frequent listeners of the show, you have taken this walk with me. Um, Binance is not out of the woods just yet, but they're mostly out of the woods, and that's good. Again, we should be rooting for the prosperity of Binance. Um, but even though it's gone up since I've sold it, I don't have any regrets here. For starters, I put the majority of that money into more Chainlink, which I could not be more excited about. And two, we just need to take a sit back and wait approach here. This is still the preferred platform of most of Asia, and the Asian market is gigantic. You know, they understand the Binance smart chain. They all have the Binance app somewhere on their phone, and that really, really means something going forward. And for those who are enthusiastic about blockchain gaming, and I certainly am, if I had to rank the layer 1s and layer 2s in terms of which ones, are, which ones have the, the brightest future going forward as of right now, I would put the Binance Smart Chain third, maybe fourth. Remember, they have that Asian market, and because they have that Asian market, they also know just how big the mobile gaming market is. Now, there are a lot of really exciting AAA games coming out, but you can't play those on mobile. The ones where you can are probably going to do a lot better simply because you have a much bigger audience there. Something to keep in mind. Do not sleep on the Binance Smart Chain. Next up, Solana. All right. Is Solana worth the hype it has been getting in the past six months? I'm going to say no, dot, 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 but it's probably not going to matter because as I said before, while all these companies are in this nascent stage or they're very early stages, what's going to matter more is not how much they, is not how well they work. Unfortunately, I think that is going to matter later. But as we stand right now, it does not work that way. If it did, we would have Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Cardano being 1, 2, and 3. But we don't have that. Just like we said before, we are putting our chips down on what could be. And Solana's overall potential is massive. As far as Web3 Gaming goes, I would put them probably at a solid number two. Actually, I shouldn't say that. Maybe number three. But what they have done is they have captured the retail market and a lot of it. The retail market really, really likes the UI and the UX over what they've been dealing with on Ethereum, and this means a lot too. You have a lot of companies coming in to Solana, and even though we had another breakdown in the network, to Solana's credit, we are seeing this less frequently. They took the opposite approach that Cardano did. Cardano is move slow and get it right. Solana is move fast and break things. Which side is doing it correctly just depends on who you ask, really. But when you're dealing with crypto and speculation and things like that, Solana really does tick a lot of those boxes in terms of what speculative investors are looking for. And it's almost all speculative investors in this market right now outside of Bitcoin. This is not a token I hold. I said before, I missed the run. It was on the radar, just never got to where I wanted it. Man, it's it just be that way sometimes. Price ran away from me and I just don't have any inclination to pick any up. Uh, but this is a very, very fascinating story for the future. And I'm rooting for them. So that covers the top five. We have traveled pretty far here. Let's go ahead and stop here. I will do uh, the next five at least in a future episode, maybe next week, who knows. And the next five includes some really, really intriguing stories. You have XRP, you have Cardano, you have Avalanche. Lots to talk about. Don't miss out. Now, Why is crypto such an intriguing topic on this podcast? It's because we have been on it for a long time. And we're all making money on it because we buy when things are cheap. Because when most of the world sees things like this, they think we're absolutely crazy. When it turned out, we were just early.